This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Easy, isn't it? Easy. Simple, straightforward. Easy. We're, like, we're all doing it next weekend. Have we not told you? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a job here at the Formula Nerds if you want it afterwards. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> the pay is crap, but the people are fine. <laughs> Cheers, Matt. Yeah, they really sold it well there. Fantastic. Speak to you after, Speak to you after the call about that one. <laughs> Welcome along to the Cut to the Race podcast. I'm Ollie, and today we have some very, very special guests with us. But I'm going to let Emma do the introductions. Over to you. Thanks, Ollie. I would like to give a very warm welcome to our special guests today. We have W Series drivers Sarah Moore and Abby Eating joining us. So welcome to the Formula Nerds Cut to the Race podcast, and thank you for joining us today. How are you both? I'm all right. All good. All, all the better for seeing you guys. Yeah, Emma, how did, how did you organise this one? Because yeah, I mean, you kept this one really quiet, and you just said, "Oh, by the way, Ollie, I've got some uh, some guests <laughs> on the show this week." I was like, "What?" Well, I've known Sarah for quite a while. We we go back about five years, I would say. Um, no, we, lost you know, count. Yeah, I know I've lost count as well. But <laughs> I think we we met through my husband. He's got a lot of contacts in the motorsport industry and he used to do a lot of karting and he met Sarah through through karting and then I met Sarah through him so um we've we've known each other for quite some time and I literally just messaged Abby on Instagram and asked if she would join us so that's how I managed to 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 get these two amazing people on on the show uh today this is really really good and I've got to thank you girls so much for coming on because we had a really nice review left on iTunes about this podcast, which was that we, we don't know anything about racing and we're not qualified to talk about it. So to the haters, today we are. So thank you for coming aboard and uh, hopefully you can share some knowledge with us. Well, we're not, but they are. They're going to be our, 
Oh, I didn't say that we are. No, no, no. We, we, we still are useless at this. But um, we've got two people today that can help us a little bit. Emma, I'm going I'm to hand it over to you and let's, let, let's talk motorsport. Yeah. Um, so I think our, our followers and our listeners of this podcast uh, are massive, massive Formula One fans. They don't hugely know too much about W Series. So can you just introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background on the both of you, where you've come from and, um, you know, just a little bit about your careers? I I kind of started at a young age in the motorsport world. Um, I started when I was four in go-karting, went kind of through the ranks of go-karting and then transitioned into cars uh, at the age of 14. Um, I won the Genetta Junior Championship. Um, which is probably the highest class junior championship there is in the UK. Um, and then from there, I've kind of gone down more down the GT route, endurance route, until kind of the W Series came about um, last year. Um, and I thought I'd try my hand at some single-seater racing. Yeah, so I have kind of similar, similar background to Sarah. So I started when I was 10 years old. Um, my dad's always raced in, in well, bikes, carts, cars, anything. So I kind of grew up around motorsport and... Um, after a couple of years of pestering, my dad got me a go-kart when I was 10. Did that for four years and then moved into cars. And this will be my oh, the end of my 18th year now. So um, similar to Sarah, kind of started off in tin tops and then moved into endurance and um, haven't done single-seater stuff yet. Um, it was supposed to be obviously the first year um, in W Series this year, but it's been postponed to next year now. So yeah, got to wait a little bit longer for my first taste, but um, excited for the challenge that lies ahead. I've I've been following W Series since its 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 inception back in 2018, and when they launched at Autosport um, in 2019, I was there, and it was it was just so so great for its time because over the past few years, there's there's been a huge focus on raising the profile of women in motorsport and really encouraging women and young girls who want a career in the industry to forge a path into it. And it certainly, um, W Series has been a huge catalyst of that. Um, but tell us a bit about W Series for, for our followers and, and what it has aimed to achieve since its launch. Again, Sarah, you can crack on. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, as everyone knows, it's an all-female championship. Um, but I think the ultimate aim is just to raise the profile of, of women within motorsport. Um, as I say to, to most people that ask that question, um, when I was growing up, I, I never had a female... Um, from what I can remember in the motorsport world to look up to. So I think for, for the younger generation of, of girls, whether they know about motorsport now or not, um, I just think for, for W Series to, to be here and present now um, will make such a big difference. You know, maybe not in the next two, three years, but maybe, you know, eight to ten years down the line, um, we'll hopefully see more of a 50-50 split of, of male to female. Yeah, so a little bit more information with W Series as well. It's um, fully funded, so... You know, for as we all know, motorsport is quite a difficult industry to get into, um, especially to reach the top levels, you know, Formula One and, and stuff like that. There's a lot of money involved to reach those kind of pinnacles. Um, so W Series wanted to basically make it easier for women to have these opportunities. Um, so the, the series is completely funded, so you don't have to bring any budget to it. Um, your accommodation, your travel, that's all paid for as well. Um, and then there's actually a prize fund at the end of it. So, you know, it's a pretty decent prize fund to, to win. So it's, it's $1.5 million um, dollars split throughout the full grid, um, which, yeah, is, is certainly something um, to look into, which is, you know, one of the reasons why um, I looked at it. You know, initially uh, I was maybe against the idea, or I was, I was against the idea when it first came out. 
um I was kind of worried that you know I've, I've always raced against guys and girls and yes there isn't uh, that many female in, in motorsport in general um but for me that was never an issue you know motorsport was something that I wanted to do uh, I didn't need a, a female role model there to kind of prove it um but you know having sat back and watched the season develop over that first year you know the money that's been invested into it the infrastructure that's around everyone um, you know, and the level of talent actually that is on the grid, it just, it's just all worked. And it, I think it's an amazing opportunity. So thankfully they uh, allowed me to come back and, and give it a go for the second year. The, the cars that you drive are um, very similar to, they're essentially F3 cars, but they're all exactly the same. So it's a bit different in the sense that all the cars have got the exact same engine. They're all set up the exact same. And it, what it does is essentially is it brings an 11 playing field, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly that. Um, obviously, um, having competed in the first year in it, um, I think that's also what kind of drew more females into it in the fact that they realised how, how far across the board that the cars were. Um, you know, as drivers, we are limited as to what we can change on the car, um, which again, um, helps to, to keep it fair. But um, what I think was one of the, the well, the favourite thing last year for me as a driver was the fact that we we changed car every weekend, um, and that kind of you know stopped all the rumours from from saying that you know this car's better than that car and, and whatever. So yeah, I think that was a really good choice. So with with the ultimate goal of trying to project a woman into a full time race seat in Formula One. Um, what do you think the challenges are to effectively reaching that goal? Um, I think it's a massive challenge, whether you're a male or a female. Um, you know, the, the main obvious thing is money. You know, I think that there was a survey that was done a few years ago that I think it was like, on average, you need to spend like 12 to 15 million before you actually get a sniff at Formula One. Um and, you know, the full Formula One grid, not everyone there is getting paid. You know, it's only a small percentage of those getting paid. So I think the main thing is money, you know, the finance behind to be able to do, you know, one, two, two years in each kind of, um, you know, feeder championship, if you like, work your way up, you know, F3 into F2 and so on. But that costs a lot of money. And, you know, as we all know, motorsport is kind of about networking and, it is a case of who you know as well, um, rather than what you know. But if you've got a big wedge of cash, then you make your way there, you know? Yeah. Um, so W Series have recently announced that they will be supporting eight Formula One races in 2021 with a calendar that is yet to be announced. Now, we know the Circuit of the Americas and Mexico was announced for this season back in January and I would imagine that they would still be on the calendar for next year which leaves six uh, races um, that we think will will still need to be decided so do you have a a wish list of where you would like to race next year to support Formula One? Yes all the ones that don't clash with the other opportunity that I have next year (laughs) (laughs) because there's a lot of clashes. Love that answer. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's the same for quite a few of us girls, to be fair. Um, yeah. yeah, a few of us have other opportunities um, to race, you know, other cars next year. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, you know, I think we're all um, extremely excited to, to be part of the Formula One weekend. So. I can give you the list because I wrote it down the other day. When they were going to announce it, I was like, right, I'm going to write a list down and then I know which ones to be <laughs> happy about. So the ones that I would like them to pick are Baku, um, mm-hmm. Azerbaijan, France, 
Silverstone, obviously, because we've got to be in the UK. Spa, because I think Spa is amazing and also it doesn't clash. Um, Zandvoort, because it doesn't clash. Monza, because it doesn't clash. And Russia. So that, that's my wish list. And then obviously, you know, we have Texas and Mexico um, that's already been confirmed. Do you have a wish list, Sarah? Um, I kind of um, put two and two together and kind of came up with, with a list that I think. Um, so I, I think Barcelona uh, will be a great place to start. Paul Ricard, Silverstone, like I said, because it's the, the home circuit. Um, Hungary, Spa. Um, I think Spa is probably one of the, the best circuits on the calendar. Um, followed by Monza, again, fantastic circuit. Um, home of Ferrari, obviously, that would be great. Um, and then, yeah, like I say, USA and Mexico. So, yeah, they're, they're my bets. Are they the ones it, that you think are going to happen or the ones that you want to happen? They're the ones that both, I think, I think they're going to happen and I want them to happen. I, I, all of those tracks I'd love to go to. So. Can, I ask, um, can I ask a question just on Paul Ricard? Because that's quite openly not one of the fan favourites. Why is it um, both of you have said said that one i think for me i've i've definitely watched more gt and sports car racing than i have uh formula racing um so yeah i think just from from that for me really mm-hmm. yeah same same response thing i think oh, my nice. my sort of list was roughly the same as sarah's i think we we discussed it over messenger didn't we and i was and you kind of gave me your list and i said i th- i think that they, they will go to those races but i i kind of took out paul ricard and put in zandvoort as well because if um if Bates is still racing in W Series next year, I think they'll definitely have a Dutch race, um, which I think will be amazing. Uh, but yeah, my, my sort of suggestions I think were were fairly similar to Sarah's. I don't want them to be, <laughs> <laughs> even though they are the better choice. <laughs> I don't want them to will clash, but you I don't know. want them to be. I've already got one clash. <laughs> my my, my absolute favourite is is Monza. So I mean. Yeah raced at Monza in 2019 which was incredible to watch so I really really hope that you guys get to go race there um, again next year but as part obviously of a support race for Formula 1 I think the atmosphere will be absolutely incredible especially if fans are allowed back at the circuits next year I just think that's going to be phenomenal definitely and I think that's reason for me why, why Silverstone has to be on there um, for the W Series I think that will be obviously the highlight of, of the year so You've sort of um, answered that the question I had um, already, which was, you know, Spa, Hockenheim, um, Silverstone, all of these are classic, you know, are classic traps. Um, and I kind of wondered in both your careers, which one, you know, you've got a day free, someone gets you a plane, where are you going? Bathurst. Yeah, I'd probably say the same or, or back to uh, the Notch Life for me. Okay. I might need more than a day for Bathurst, but... <laughs> It's a fast plane, a very fast plane. <laughs> yeah, very, very. <laughs> the Nordschleife is an interesting, it's an interesting answer. Um, it's definitely an epic track to drive. I had the opportunity to, to go on one of the tourist runs there. Um, I, I can see why that would be a fun place to go. And uh, I'm assuming a, a, a GT or a streetcar-ish uh, vehicle. I've only ever driven one track and that was Silverstone and Abby was in the car with me, so. <laughs> and I'm alive and I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're driving car bad as, as bad as what everyone says it is then? No, no. <laughs> My husband sometimes gets a bit scared getting in the car with me. But, you know, I was pleased as punch, quite calm. You know, you did say I was pretty good as a rookie, so I'm taking that. <laughs> driving a Ferrari, yeah, I'm taking that. <laughs> It was a Ferrari, was it? Yes, it was. It was a Ferrari. 
Um, so partnering F1 is it was probably the ultimate objective for W Series, but when you look at what C W Series has achieved since it launched, um, there are now a record number of women not only racing, but working in motorsports. So where do you think that we go from here? What do we still need to achieve or what do we need to continue doing to, to encourage women to, to get into motorsport? Um, I think keep on the same path we're kind of on. Um, you know, ultimately, if we keep pushing the boundaries year by year, so for example, W Series with F1 next year, that's a massive step. And you know, that really should, um, you know, lift and, and give um, give us all a bit of a platform to the world now. You know, it's a massive audience with, with F1 um, followers. So, yeah, I think keep, you know, striving to do new things, um, you know, be kind of not loud. I think loud's probably visible, be quite visible with what we do. Um, same with the engineers and the mechanics and marshals and, you know, everyone that's involved, all the, the kind of female and um, aspect to that, just keep doing what we're doing. Because I think, there's this massive push now and we're going like that, you know, we're going in the right direction. So um, I'm going to open up some questions to the panel now because I know they've all been absolutely buzzing, waiting to ask you questions. Um, so yeah, over to, over to you guys, Matt, do you want to kick us off? I would love to. Uh, Abby, you mentioned earlier, you said you didn't really need that positive female role model growing up to motivate you to succeed in motorsport. Do both of you really consider yourselves that role model for those young girls to look up and go, this girl is out there kicking butt and taking names. I can do that. I want to be her. Do you consider yourself that filling that role? Yeah, probably. I've probably only been aware of it um, recently, maybe a little bit more since kind of my involvement with W Series, because, you know, as an athlete, you're so focused on what you're doing and you're, you know, we live and breathe it. We wake up every morning thinking, right, how can I make myself better on track next time? You know, what do I need to do um, to improve this and that? And you kind of, you live in your own little bubble and, you forget actually that, and especially, you know, I've been lucky enough to, to have a bit of a platform from the TV program I was associated with. So that's really lifted me into the spotlight. And I get so many messages off people, um, you know, dads or mums that are like, you know, my little daughter, she watches you and, you know, plays the grand tour all the time. And, um, you know, I had a, um, a little girl message me the other day and she was like, I've got into karting because of you. And, you know, probably maybe as I get a bit older, really, I kind of um, realise actually what a kind of trailblazer that, that people might look at me to be on, and Sarah. Yeah, I think exa exactly the same kind of from my point of view. I think the W Series kind of, um, you know, was a massive game changer for me and the, the respect that the amount of media that it brought with it um, last year was was absolutely amazing. Um, I don't think, you know, many of us actually expected the amount of messages that we kind of got, as you say, from the younger generation or their parents or, or whatever. So you kind of, from that, I've actually kind of ended up last year coaching quite a few um, younger girls who were in karting who, who kind of live around me, which um, which is quite nice. So. I was just going to say, you know, you've obviously you've, you've both had, you know, quite a, a a good list, shall we say, of really interesting and kind of, I would have assumed, adrenaline-filled moments. Um, I was just wondering what, for you, piles on the pressure? What situation gets your heart rate going and really focusing in? Is it, I mean, Abby, it might be, you know, filming a, a special with, um, you know, like like the, the real world race that you guys did on the Grand Tour, um, or maybe, Sarah, it's, you know, stepping up and knowing that you're really battling for the title um, in the Ginetta uh, Championship and things are getting quite tight. And I wondered which scenario for you guys, I know they're not directly comparable, but what is it that really pushes you? 
Mm, I don't think there's, I think push is the wrong word. The thing that makes me the most nervous and feel under pressure is usually most times I get in car because most times I get in car, I've had no testing. It's been, it's probably a random championship that I've had the opportunity to do a guest drive in, um, you know, and it's a new track and that kind of stuff. So I put a lot of pressure on myself in those situations and, you know, haven't, you know, I've been lucky enough to race the the bits and bobs that I have, but I don't come from a family where we've got limitless money to do seasons on seasons. You know, even though I've done 18 years of, of racing, actually over those 18 years, I've only done five full season uh, attacks. So, um, you know, you've got to take the opportunities when they're there, but it sometimes means for a bit of a stressful, um, stressful year, which you probably see me, uh, or if any of you guys end up watching the first race of W Series, I'm probably going to look a little bit stressed. <laughs> that, I think, will be the, the moment that I feel the most stressed in my 18 years of racing. I think, actually, um, if I look back at, at my first W Series race um, last year, I think I, I hadn't been that nervous in, in a very, very long time. Um, just because, yeah, Formula Racing was... I'd done, you know, a, a year in, in the Formula BMW car, um, but that was nothing compared to the F3 car. So, yeah, I was I was a bag of nerves um, going into the first W Series race. So, yeah, yeah uh, you will be a bag of nerves, Abby. But, um, I already am, mate. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want this to become a whole kind of, like, I don't know, weird <laughs> gaslighting, like, oh, you're, you're <laughs> going to be a bit scary. You want to watch out? I get a bit scared when I'm starting the F1 game. On the hey, first, I, I was nervous, but I, I qualified P3, I think, for my first W Series. So, yeah, you'll be fine. Blimey. <laughs> I'll certainly be nervous for the both of you. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sitting there watching, and I'll be like, "Okay, I do." I, I get easy. Why did you do that? I've <laughs> done this differently. I also lost the lead of the race as well. So, <laughs> something I I always ask people, um, well, I like to ask people, um, is what has been the absolute worst moment in your careers. Um, and what really stands out, and everyone thinks, oh, that's a really horrible question. But then I'll follow that up with what has been the absolute greatest moment in your career. Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think probably one of the worst, but now I look back, I just laugh about it, but I think one of the worst uh, things that's happened to me is my my year I did over at the Notch Life. Um, I think I was on like lap six or something of my first ever test session there, um, and the mechanics were trying to see how, how far we could push the car on fuel. Um, and I was coming around towards the, the start and finish straight um, where we only just received like, you know, radio so we can talk to each other. Um, and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to come in this lap. So I was approaching the pits, feeling a little bit sick at this point. <laughs> I was thinking in my head, okay, I'm going to box, I'm going to box. And the guys were like, you're going around again. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Oh, no. I can't, I can't do it. And they're like, no, you're going around again. And I was like, if I come in, they're going to kill me. So I went around again and I literally got onto the Norch Life, hit the bottom of the dip and that was it, threw up in my seat. Um, oh, I think that was, oh. that was my worst moment. I look back and laugh about it now because I can, but yeah, I felt sorry for my brother having to get in it afterwards. Why have uh, I only just heard this story? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's probably kind of probably my most embarrassing moment. Other than that, I think, yeah, I mean, it was many years ago now, but the Genetta Junior Championship will always be special to me. It's where, you know, it, it was the mass, massive turning point for me. I was never anything special in my go-karting years. Never finished last, but I never finished inside the top 
10. So, um, yeah, Genetic Junior Championship was the big turning point for me. So that'll be something that I'll, I'll never forget. And any particular moment, one standout moment for you? Um, I think in terms of my whole, uh, my whole motorsport career as a whole, um, I actually think qualifying third for the first round of the W Series is probably one of my highlights so far. I, okay. I kind of didn't expect it going into the weekend. Um, so, yeah, to come out uh, qualifying P3 was, was good. That's amazing. Thank you. And Abby? So the, the worst and the best experience I've ever had was all part of the same thing. Um, so 2014, I was racing in the MX5 Super Cup Championship and um, it was a family-run team. Um, so it was, <laughs> I can hear Sarah's of a half. Good up, Carlos. <laughs> um, so yeah, family run team and um, ended up kind of through the year as a, a you know, normal championship. You have your ups and downs. Um, got to the last round at Donington Park and I had a 17 point lead. Um, so really, I just needed to kind of finish both races. Um, didn't do any testing or anything. So I just went straight out in quality and qualified fourth, which wasn't the best. But um, I just thought, you know, stay out of trouble and it'll be fine. Um, didn't have any um, mechanical issues all year, no reliability issues. But then in race one, um, the alternate belt got pulled off and basically, you know, I had to keep going until everything died. So uh, eventually it got slower and slower and then my engine gave up. So um, didn't finish that race. And um, in that championship, you have what's called um, drop, drop scores, drop points. So um, your lowest basically score and race, you'll, I think there was two or three races that you're allowed to drop. So that effectively meant that I dropped the points for that and picked up my next worst finish, which was sixth place. But we didn't have a um, spare engine or anything like that. And from a family run team, like, you know, spending 1500 quid on a second hand engine was a lot of money. But um, my dad rang up the scrapyard down the road and was like, have you got any smashed up MX-5s? Because, you know, we, we need an engine. Thankfully, they did. And we got the this smashed up road car delivered to Donington Park. And um, my dad and my mechanic and my uncle all worked overnight to swap these engines over. Um, and, yeah, in my head, I'm thinking, is this engine even going to work? Like, it's been sat in a whatever yard for however long. Um, but yeah, just had to go out and think, you know, I had to start last because I didn't finish the, the first race. So in my head, there was not a chance that I was going to win, win this race or the championship. So I just thought I'm just going to go out and enjoy it. Um, engine was a little bit slow, but I was kind of so pumped and motivated. I only had one goal and that was to get as far forward as I could just to give myself as, as much opportunity to score points. So, um, head down was cracking on, um, managed to get up to sixth place and I could see the second place in the championship just ahead of me and I'm like right perfect all I need to do now is just finish finish here so like I've done it like you know I've gone from you know thinking yeah I've got it and then engine blows up I haven't got another engine right possibly it's going to happen just where um I thought right okay this is this is ace uh someone on track hit me off so he just nailed me straight off the circuit um car wouldn't restart for ages eventually it did that's my low point, by the way. Um, your the, the video is actually on YouTube. Um, if you search Abbey Eaton, Donington Park, finale around, like I'm punching the wheel, I'm screaming, I'm punching the transmission tunnel, my hands were black, like all this emotion came out of me because I was like, how, how have I 
given myself the opportunity to win and it's some idiots just taking it away from me um <clears throat> got into um pit lane because the car was broken um and then eventually the uh, championship coordinator came over and was like you've done it you've won and I'm like what how like how have I managed that and I actually got the fastest lap on the race up to the front so that's I won the championship by one point so that's then leads on to my best best memory so very stressful weekend wow it was almost like you planned for that answer that was a, that was a brilliant story <laughs> I did have another I had another answer but I was like this is a good one so yeah. <laughs> no thank you for sharing so yeah that's it I'm trying to take that all in that's like sort of the whole plot of a short film and a novel that's ridiculous Honestly, you've got 10 minutes have a little watch because I'm Actually, the video is like oh my god I've like even just watch if I watch the video back even I'm like oh my god so many people me saying, like one of the guys that I work with he's like you know 40 year old proper hard man and he's like don't tell anyone but I cried watching it like it's all this immersion like and it took me like even now sometimes if I watch it I'm like oh my god it's getting me right in the field right to all our listeners we will link that in the show notes so you can um you can watch it and 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 live and breathe it as well just talk us through the amount of sort of training and everything that you've got to do because there is an unpopular opinion out there and it's definitely unpopular in my opinion is that women don't seem to have the physical or sort of mental aptitude to get into an F1 car. But being at Brands Hatch last year and being there with W Series, and I actually watched a lot of the drivers do a lot of training sort of in between um, like qualifying in the race and you're constantly keeping yourself really fit. Um, just talk us through some of the, some of the actual training and, and fitness um, regimes that you have to go through to make sure that you're fit enough to get into the car. I mean, Abby will probably agree, having a sports car background, but um, the biggest challenge for me making the step into the W Series was it was uh, it was a, a big challenge physically, um, more on my upper body, um, actually in my lower back as well, um, than <laughs> sports car racing. Um, I would say sports car racing is a doddle compared to Formula, Formula racing, to be honest. Um, yeah, it kind of killed my hands, my shoulders, my back, uh, my neck, in all fairness, um, was surprisingly quite strong. But um, yeah, it is. Uh, formula racing is, is very challenging for, for your upper body strength. Um, so for me, it's uh, and still is now heading into next season, um, is one of the key, key points for me, um, as well as strengthening uh, my lower back, uh, ready for another year of, of beating it up again. <laughs> Yeah, so I think um, I echo what Sarah said. I mean, I knew, you know, you're kind of um, spoiled in GTs that you have air conditioning, you've got, you know, traction control, you've obviously got ABS, you've got all that kind of stuff. Power steering is, is such a, a thing that you kind of take for granted, really. Um, you know, I've done no single-seater racing ever. So um, when I first jumped in an F3 car, um, I knew it was going to be tough, but like, your brain is just it's crazy actually when it's when the downforce kicks in that's when it gets so hard um and you know there's times where i remember at the w series assessment at almeria um there's quite a kind of technical section where it's kind of two or three corners all link and you kind of link it into one and you have to make your steering input quite early and i knew i wanted to go faster you know the the mental side of things is like I know what I need to do I know how to to get the time and I know that the car can do it you know I'm not frightened of doing it I know that it's capable um but 
you go into the corner and it's the faster you go, the more the aero kicks in, which means the steering gets heavier. And I remember on like the last couple of um, couple of sessions that I went out, I was like, right, I know there's a load of time here. Just just send it in as fast as you can and just just grimace and just bear with it for like five seconds. Like you can do it. So yeah, go into the corner and like, I don't know, Sarah, if you do the same. I was literally like screaming to try and get the, the energy and the strength to hold on to this wheel. And I went in and I was like, I was like, shit, okay, this is this is as much steering input I can put on. Please, please be enough to get round because ultimately if the, the, the curve is, you know, takes you off the track, you're going off the track. And thankfully it was enough to get round. But, you know, that was kind of, um, you know, opened my eyes really that I was like, you know, I've really got to get stuck in here and, and make sure that I'm physically strong enough. And, um, you know, you, you get away with it in a GC car, but in a Formula car, you know, you have got to be strong enough to do it. And, you know, Formula One hasn't got, um, sorry, Formula One has got um, power steering and stuff like that. So you hear from all the, the drivers that have been through F2 and, and eventually into F1 that F1 is actually easier to drive um, physically. It's harder on the neck because you have had the higher Gs, but, you know, in terms of steering input and stuff, it's easier to drive. So, um, yeah, it's just you've got to prepare as best you can and, you know, train ideally every single day, um, cardio, strength stuff and, I mean, you, there's nothing that substitutes being race fit. If we could get in a race car, get in an F3 car every single day, we'd have no issues, but um, we haven't got that luxury. That was really interesting hearing about how how much the wheel kind of kicks back with the with the um, downforce kicking. I was just wondering what, what you're most int- uh, excited about for the next season. Abby, this will be your first. Sarah, you're, you're returning uh, new tracks, obviously, which we're all excited for. But, but um, what, what kind of excites you the most about it? Non-clashes, I'm assuming, but other than that. Just the fact of getting a full seasons of racing. And I've not had that since 2016. So to have something I can get properly focused and stuck in on, you know, that's what's got me through this year is, is is having next year to focus on. So I think just having a bit of a routine and having eight race weekends, hopefully more, um, is something that I'm super pumped about. Yeah, I think for me, um, as most of the girls, um, just being part of a Formula One weekend, um, not just for me, for the other girls, the W Series and, and for, you know, any younger girls in motorsport. And so uh, we kind of touched on this next question before with the financial backing, but why do you think we haven't seen um, a a female Formula One driver? I know Danica Patrick was relatively close and raced, uh, was it IndyCar? I believe she raced, but... And um, NASCAR. And NASCAR. But why why do you think we've yet to see a, a, a... female Formula One driver make it all the way through. Is it just the financial backing? It's surely it's not. And we know it's not talent because there's plenty abound, but, but why? Tough question. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a crappy question. I, I realized that. Um, I think in my opinion, it possibly has something to do with the people that have had an involvement in Formula One in the past. Um, higher up. Um, yeah, I think that's probably has something to do with it. I mean, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, my eyes aren't set on Formula One. My eyes are, are always have always been endurance um, and the one. But um, you know, as as all females, it would be nice to see a female within Formula One. But I think, yeah, I think the people involved in it in, in the past um, have had something to do with it. Yeah, probably I echo that a little bit. Um, I think the the more 
obvious thing is the amount of females in motorsport is just a lot a lot less than the males um you look at how many cars are on the grid and so out of the full world of things there's what is it how many is it 20 whatever 20 stomach cars on the grid um so you think for those 20 drivers they should have quite a lot of talent um they should hopefully have a little bit of luck to get there and also a lot of money um you think for you know every one or every um one guy there's let's say every hundred guys there are in motorsport there might be like two maybe three females maybe a little bit more than that now um if you times that by hundred um you see that there is a lot smaller pool to pick from at the females and the likelihood is that even the most talented one lacks either a bit of luck or a lot of money um so i just think you know combination of what sarah mentioned and um you know having the right person at the right time you know come around at the right time when the opportunities are there and when the budget is there etc um it just hasn't happened and now w series is is around you know there is that that opportunity to kind of um be given that platform and be given that money investment um to hopefully make the next step which i echo what sarah said earlier on that you know, I don't think it will happen in the next two years, but I think definitely in the next 10, there'll be a female in, in F1 that is you know, competitive. I suppose that's what's quite exciting for fans as well, isn't it? I mean, um, Formula One, in my personal opinion, has got a long way to go uh, with its political outlook and the way that it, uh, it, it um, differentiates between different countries who have had various and rather dubious uh, political stances and chooses to race in different parts of the world. But for someone who's looking at that as a pure from a purely motorsport point of view having w series as a standalone you know uh championship in its own right but also thinking this is great because i could be seeing some of these really talented drivers moving into formula one and representing you know the team that i love or the brand that i particularly enjoy um that's got to be quite an exciting thing i would have thought for for you know maybe five or six years time yeah i think it's definitely going to happen you know we're not going to go backwards that's for sure um i hope we're not I think probably the long-term effect of W Series is yet to be realised, um, but you know, I, ho- I hope it is going to be a, a positive one. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to end up being women's motorsport and, and men's motorsport because that would just be an absolute atrocity. Um, so yeah, I hope it goes in the right direction. I think it definitely is because I, I mean, like for example, myself um, having seen W Series come alive, it certainly inspired me. Um, to to further my I mean this isn't my sort of career it's 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 a passion that I have and I've been sort of writing about the motorsport predominantly Formula One and W Series for the past 18 months but over social media over you know Twitter Facebook um, you can see so many more women um, writing about motorsport there's more women getting into motorsport in different ways but I do think that with Formula One for example like there's a, an, a lack of diversity sort of on the circuit and I think what W Series is it's going to in one swoop it's essentially just going to resolve that How, you know seeing you know 20, 20 girls on the grid in the cars and I think that's you know it's going to it's going to provide some really really great entertainment as well not just seeing all these women driving, but it's, it's going to provide some really great entertainment. And I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. I think next year is going to be a bit more feisty. I don't know why. I just, I think the esports has basically just annoyed a lot of <laughs> <laughs> like created enemies in the esports. So 
think next Do year any of my um, fellow nerds see the um, W Series Esports League? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I loved it. And the thing was, because you guys actually weren't on track, you were you were racing um, through esports. Um, you had Irina Sidorkova, who at the time she was sixteen, going straight into esports, not having had a huge amount of experience in esports, but. She was yet to race um, a W Series car. She was one of the new entrants uh, for 2020. She was at, she was just going for it. And everyone, like especially as a fan watching for it, I was thinking, oh my God, if she can do this on like, eSports, what is she going to be able to do on, on the circuit? She's, I think she is, I mean, she's now 17. I think she's going to be a real sort of force to be reckoned with on the circuit. Yeah, I... Esports is just what you think. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was coming. I've grown up without all of these esports, and I'm not really a massive fan. Um, obviously, most of us drivers now um, use simulators just to learn tracks, and that is predominantly what we use it for. Um, and uh, you know, most of us. I mean, we're always going to try and chase to want to be the fastest but then we just get annoyed and probably punch the steering wheel and walk away um but you know I think um I mean fair play if if Ira does manage to convert that into being quick on track but um I think you know the only person or the people that managed to do that last year was was Bitesker and Jamie um sometimes Alice if she had the right head on um but you know I I think uh, fair play to her if she manages to but it will definitely be interesting to see of the new girls um who will, will actually be up there. But I think from the girls from last year, um, that will definitely be a fight in itself because I think the top eight um, last year were, were pretty close. Um, a few of us had some bad luck. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be very tough. I've got, um, yeah. I've got a question because I, I know we're running out of time. But um, first half of the question is, will you join us this time next year for another interview and follow up on how your season has gone? Sure. That's yeah. one more. Brilliant. Okay, and the second one is, what are you going to tell us have been the highlights of your year? <laughs> um, what's been the highlights of the year? So what are you hoping to achieve in the next year? In the next year, in the, in the W Series, um, for the W Series itself, um, I'm chasing a top five for sure. Um, it's going to be tough. But yeah, I'm definitely chasing um, a top five and I got very close to being on the podium. So uh, yeah, to be on the podium is, is the goal for me. Yeah, and I'd just like to try and get through to uh, second year of W Series. You know, ultimately, I am going to be learning on the job next year, so I'm not expecting too much from myself. Um, if I can get quicker each time I go out and improve on certain things, then, you know, that's all I want. But um, it's a, a two-year plan, really, that I've got set um, in my head. But if I can surprise myself and, and do better than that, then yes, that would be fantastic. But yeah, just want to get through to um, 2022 of W Series. I've got one more personal question for each of you, and then I've got one for both of you. I'm going to start off with you, Sarah. Uh, you already answered one of my questions. You were quoted way back in the day in 2009 saying that touring cars were still more appealing to you than F1. Is that still kind of holding true with what you were saying earlier? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I've definitely always been more of a, a sports car girl. Um, I mean, if you took F1 back to, you know, 2000 and te- 2008, 2007, you know, previous to that, it was it was proper cars, as I call them. Um, these days, I think there's way too much technology involved. So, uh, yeah, definitely sports cars for me. Uh, spicy takes with Sarah Moore there. Love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And Abby, your question, uh, you had listed, listed Monza on your wish list uh, and talking about, you know, the brands that are out there celebrating the brands, people following the brands. A lot of people may not remember or know that you won Monza in a Ferrari in mm -hmm. 2017. Uh, did you did you feel like you kind of got almost slighted by the quote unquote Tifosi and the Ferrari fans out there for not coming out in droves and celebrating that win, that triumph there for you? Um, yeah, it was a it was a crazy uh, race weekend for me. It was basically a random opportunity to race in GT three, and you know, the the next closest thing I'd, I'd driven, kind of speed wise, was like three hundred brake less. So, um, and I'd never driven at Monza either. So it was I was totally out of my comfort zone, and that was basically how I was then. Is what I'm going to be like at the first round of the new series. Um, but yeah, somehow. Um, managed to win um the class which was fantastic and yeah to do it obviously at the home of, of ferrari really um in a an awesome 48 gc3 car was something really special so yeah at least if monza is on the list of of tracks that we're going to go to next year at least i know where i'm going around there do they speak to you in italian when you when you're when you're doing these kind of sort of like odd gigs for different teams do they come yeah. on the radio and start in italian and then go oh 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 no this this is not going to work at all they, you know, when they're speaking to us on the radio and stuff, they, they do, you know, talk in English, but it has got a very, very strong Italian accent attached to it. And sometimes I'm on the radio like, oh, I think he said that. <laughs> um, but obviously when they're conversing with each other, they're in proper full-on Italian. So um, I pick up languages quite quickly, which is a good thing. So you can kind of get a g the gist about, you know, what's going on. But um, yeah, thankfully I don't have to worry about it too much while I was driving. Abby Eaton, like Nico Hulkenberg, only she'd. Oh, we lost him. Oh. Yeah, can you hear me now? <laughs> Abby Eaton, like Nico Hulkenberg, only better. She actually delivers the goods when she shows up. Oh. <laughs> uh, Mate, we've just lost ourselves in an interview with Hulkenberg. What are you doing? What are you saying? <laughs> so, my I, last question. I don't see that as a loss, Will. It'll be all right. <laughs> My last question for both of you is you both come from motor racing families. Uh, Sarah, your family has the Tickworth, Tickworth, Tickworth. I just lost my notes. Talkworth. Talkworth. <laughs> Dyslexia. It's a horrible disease. And Abby, of course, there was your father with uh, the issues that came through there. With your drive motivation to succeed, is it kind of, you know, for Sarah, is it just beating the brothers and letting them know that pff, you're nothing? I got this. And is it kind of ingrained in you early that, you know, the petrol flows through your veins and you're almost destined to be there? Or is it something that just appeals naturally and you go, that's where I'm planting my flag. This is what I'm going to do. This is who I am. Um, I think as most people that know me or follow me know, um, I was born, you know, into a motorsport family. My dad used to race himself. So, yeah, it's something, it's, it's all I've known my whole life, to be honest. I mean, you know, like most females um that i grew up with through school um i played football i played pretty much every sport going um through school um but when i got to, to the age of 16 it was either football or racing um and racing was was more for me it's what i wanted to do at that point so uh yeah i kind of stuck stuck with it from there um and yeah i mean it was always a battle for me against my brother um against my older brother for sure but um for me um nowadays uh, it sounds cheesy, but he's someone that I look up to. So um, I'm lucky to have him. Oh, cute. Yeah, my sister definitely doesn't think about me like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it's just a personal thing. Um, 
you know, it's a new challenge. And I think probably through through my full racing career, I've kind of had little opportunities here and there, but I've never really been given um, a proper break racing-wise. And, you know, maybe it's come a bit too late. I'm 28. Um, so, you know, I would have preferred to have had this, like, um, era, you know, 16 years old. What a fantastic opportunity for her. And she's going to have a, a massively amazing career ahead. So um, I almost kind of view W Series really like a you know, the last big opportunity that is likely to come my way. And, um, you know, I'm just going to give it my all and just try and do as best I can do. You know, I've not got the best kind of preparation beforehand in terms of actually getting my bum in, in one of the F3 cars and testing. Um, but my focus next year is just to get seat time, learn what I need to do and then capitalise the year after. Easy, isn't it? He's Simple, he's straightforward. We're, we're all doing it next weekend. Have we not told you? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a job here at the Formula Nerds if you want it afterwards. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> the pay is crap, but the people are fine. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Yeah, they really sold it well there. Speak to, you after, speak to you after the call about that one. <laughs> well, thank that you very that. much for coming along. It's been, it's been incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Do you want to share your... Well your socials where we can find you where people can um get to know a bit more about you follow you etc uh if i can remember mine i think most of my tags are sarah more racing to be fair so uh or s more 26 give us a follow 44 say that one more time Abby. 44 by the way is because my dad's race number was 44 not because of lewis hamilton <laughs> i can tell you you're not a lewis hamilton fan no i think he's an incredible driver <laughs> Nice. That's the, <laughs> the diplomatic answer we were looking for. I think that's that was a weird a, opinion. <laughs> that was a jazz interview answer in that it's not what's said, it's the notes that weren't played. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, a for it as well. Uh, <laughs> cool. Okay. Good. All right, I'm going to have a beer. Bailey's? <laughs> it's like a chocolate liqueur. I finished my vodka, so... <laughs> and a girl yes come on every week she drinks on the podcast <laughs> it was supposed to be my wedding weekend it's like a weekend off sports social podcast network